1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks, I'm your host Kane Pittman alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast Frank Madden and by the way we have just steamrolled past episode 950 on the podcast so we are on the road to 1000 and I have to say I'm not going to go back through every single episode of the podcast but I do feel like this week that we've had or the last couple of weeks that we've had might be almost the craziest in Locked On Bucks history. It's been a, a really bizarre week. And I mentioned this to you before we started recording, Frank, but the strange situation that we're in right now is the last time we actually podcasted together, we did the emergency podcast for the Drew Holiday trade. We were uh, cautious. We were listen. We were cautiously excited because Drew Holiday, we knew made the Bucks better, but we had all these draft picks there as well. Uh, we speculated maybe Bogdan Bogdanovich could come, but I think overall we were in a positive mindset Now, two days later, it's like, I want to be positive about Drew Holiday, but this Bogdan Bogdanovich absolute disaster is just a dark cloud over everything right now. I don't even know where you want to start, but the Bogdan Bogdanovich, for those that haven't somehow been caught up on this, the Bogdanovich deal seems dead. This just really feels like an absolute disaster.
0: Yeah, it's one of the strangest... um free agent sagas I can, I can recall. And you, you brought this up to me, um, before, before we got on that, uh, one of his agents, Jason Ranney, or at released. And again, I'm just going off like what's listed on real GM. <laughs> Jason Rani was also the agent for Marcus Morris, who famously was going to sign with the Spurs. The Spurs gave away, um, Davis Bertans for nothing to the, <laughs> to the Wizards. <laughs> to enable them to make that move. And then he backed out and didn't sign with them. And then um, the other one being that Nemanja Bielitsa, you guys might remember this. Remember when Ersan, we'll get to him in a moment, Ersan signed his contract. And I forget what Bielitsa got from the Sixers, but it was a lot less money. And I remember, you know, Eric and I at the time were like, why are you making Ersan Elie Sova, you know, your 1201 clearly tampered with... <laughs> <laughs> you know right at the dawn of free agency right like sit back you do not need to prioritize and use your you know at the time i mean that was more than that was part of the the the, the non-tax mle so you guys might recall the bucks hard capped themselves in that summer as well um which meant that there were there were limitations on what they could match for jabari parker which of course is ironic to look back now because you know thank god they that didn't become an issue but um but Bielitsa then ended up basically backing out of that deal, saying he was going to go to Europe and then ended up signing for more money with with Sacramento. So there there's a lot of like, you know, shady uh will they, won't they stuff, uh smoke around uh Bogdanovich's agent, um, which is kind of shocking that, you know, like you get away with doing business like that. And the NBA, because, geez, I mean, you better have good players, because, you know, teams are, I mean, GMs, you don't want to deal with that, that you know, that kind of stuff. But anyway, it's, it's just really hard to tell exactly, like, who screwed up what. And I think the only, I mean, the only thing you can say is that, like you said, I mean, it's, it's a huge egg on the face of, at this point, everybody, you know, whether the the Bucks were the ones that leaked the news to Woj, who, which really kind of set this all off, right? I mean, Kevin O'Connor, I think when the, at the time that we were podcasting, I think maybe only the KOC tweet mm-hmm. had come out about that, you know, basically that there was like motion towards doing this. Um, and then Woj, an hour later, after Shams had gotten the holiday story, Woj gets the other Buck story and, you know, throws it out there like it's a done deal. Right. And, um, you know, apparently that raised the ire of a lot of GMs who are, of course, also, you know, tampering and talking to, you know, agents about deals well before free agency, right? So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's weird. And, and the other part of this, too, that makes it such a strange story is, I mean, this is, this is really, like, I would say, more or less, like, a victimless tampering sure. incident. <laughs> like, um, usually, usually, these incidents involve, like, you know, a team trying to talk about, do stuff with uh, another team's player, and that team's like, hey, you know, you can't do that. Like, don't try to poach our guy. In this case, the Bucks and Kings seemingly worked out a deal together. It's not like the Bucks were negotiating a contract with Bogdan behind the Kings back. It seems like, at a minimum, those, the two teams were actually aligned, and then who knows what happened with Bogdan and his agent. My most plausible theory is that, you know, basically there was – the teams were talking. There was a, some degree of three-way dialogue. And, you know, I don't know if his agent – um, fully apprised, you know Bogdanovich of like potential bigger offers, but you know there's been now talk of you know does he have potentially bigger money offers from the Hawks or whoever else, right? Maybe not the Hawks with this Gordon Hayward stuff. now maybe Hayward's going to the Knicks. I don't know. I don't even know what's going on with that. But, um, but in any case, there's there's just a lot of like weird smoke coming in so many directions, and um, my my best guess is. You know, they were working some deal out as teams do. This is just especially weird because it's a sign and trade of a restricted free agent, which is just a very, very odd thing to be working on before free agency. Because usually, again, teams usually are like, you know, trying to. If you have a good restricted free agent, you're like hoping that team doesn't. You're hoping he doesn't get big Mm -hmm. offers, and you can kind of stare down the other teams, and you know, and then maybe maybe you get him on a good deal, right? I mean, that's what the Kings probably should have been doing with (laughs) with Boutanovich, but instead they seem ready to move on. And make a deal with the Bucks, and of course, you know Sacramento side. As I think they pretty much denied this stuff from the get go because probably they realized, you know, they couldn't be doing that. Um, you know, keep in mind the Kings were also not allowed to negotiate with Bogdan and Bogdanovic. And again, this is like a stupid NBA rule that like you can't negotiate with your own restricted free agents before free agency starts. Like it's a totally arbitrary thing. Like why? Like every every team's doing this. You know, like it's the twelve oh one signings, especially you know guys resigning. But not only you can't do that either. So it's just a it's just a very bizarre situation. Again, so my, my best guess is, you know, Bogdanovich probably wanted to come to Milwaukee. The deal parameters were discussed. And then at some point, you know, they got wind that other teams were maybe willing to offer more. And, you know, whether it was Bogdan, his agent, some combination, you know, people got cold feet. And once it was out there, then you know, it became obviously a big, big spectacle because people then when Woj tweets it, you know, it's going to happen. And so, you know, again, where did the leak come from? You know, his agent, maybe, but I I don't know. I mean, again, like people are obviously, you know, looking at the Bucks and saying, Jesus guys, like, did you guys leak this fricking thing and, and shoot yourselves in the foot? Um, Because let's be honest, like the bucks have a, at t- I mean, some of their, t- you know, like the tampering stuff with Giannis last year. I mean, that that's obviously like that was just stupid. That was like a that's a stupid rule, right? Like you're gonna get a tampering fine for saying that you're gonna offer your MVP of the supermax. Like, why, why is that a tampering fine? It's it's absurd, right? Um, and but but I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like at some level, though, it's also like you know you got to be smarter than this, everybody, right? Tell the damn agent like shut the f off. <laughs> And don't talk about this, you know, the first rule of NBA tampering is, you know, don't be too egregious with it. Um, but again, it's, it's just amazing how much, you know, it's it's just, it just seems very arbitrary, obviously, where the lines are drawn. And obviously, you know, again, and I know that a lot of Bucks fans are especially raw about this, because it's like, you know, again, pretty much victimless crime, like, the only team that 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 that's really like hurt by this, are maybe teams that either wanted to pay Bogdanovich more money, which is not the Kings or teams that just want to basically try to, you know, see the Bucs get screwed up. And, you know, they're, they want Giannis and and they're just trying to make the Bucs life more difficult. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very frustrating. I think you could feel frustration towards Bogdanovich's agent. Um, maybe the Kings, I guess, but I think you can certainly feel frustrated with the Bucs that somehow, you know, they turned you know somehow they were a party to something that obviously has gone very very wrong and you know we'll get to urson but today when they waived urson they certainly seem to indicate that you know even though there's that in theory there might be still ways to still off the sign and trade with some other complicated moves like re-signing and trading pat conington or something else like that um i think that certainly indicated that the bucks were you know not going to pursue bogdanovich and probably because if they did you know, they would get hit with something. And, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about what, what type of fines they could get. Um, I thought it was interesting. Larry Kuhn tweeted out that this probably was more a case of circumvention if the Kings were the ones, you know, kind of doing the middle with Bogdanovich because he was their own free agent. Um, but, you know, that's kind of neither here nor there. And, you know, all we know is the league's going to investigate. And um, I would say if Bogdanovich doesn't come here, then I can't imagine they're going to like lose a draft pick or something like that. But, Again, who knows? They may get fined again, which again would put the Bucks in this weird position of getting fined for really accomplishing nothing (laughs) Uh, yet again. (laughs) All right, let's talk about
1: Built Bar, Frank, Uh, the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. It's new and improved. About two months ago, I reckon, Built Bar came out with uh, six new flavors to add to the 12 originals uh, of the six new flavors. Personally, I I like the cookies and cream. The carrot cake is there as well. I I don't know uh, how you're feeling, but you can go either way there. And then 12 original flavors, including coconut, almond, uh, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, uh, double chocolate. You you can just keep going down the list. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And I feel like Bucks fans right now, a little bit stressed, a little bit down on energy a built bar might be the thing to get you going again and the best thing about it uh great for the health conscious guy or girl lose maintain weight lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat the bars are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber and the deal we have for you is a beauty go to builtbar.com and use promo code lockedon and you'll get 20% off your next order use promo code lockedon l o c k e d o n for 20% off at builtbar.com. And Mark Stein, uh, just to be clear, has tweeted out here in the last couple of hours that the, the league has officially opened up an investigation, very dramatic stuff here, into this uh, tampering situation between the Bucks and the Kings. And you mentioned that, outside uh, that these two teams are the only ones working together here. So it's not like this is a typical tampering investigation that we're looking at, um, it, but it is clearly this mess right now and where it's at, regardless of, of where the leak came out. Uh, there has to be uh blame shared everywhere here. I mean, it, sure. One person obviously or potentially has, has really leaked this and the whole details of the deal and said that it's a done deal because I know that a lot of Bucks fans are angry at Woj and saying, you know, this guy tweeted this out. But it's very strange to me that, that this, this man never, ever re- reports stuff like this. So there's a lot of tweets going out about the 1201 deals. Like, we know. I mean, tampering happens, Like if you want to call it that. The negotiations happened prior to free agency. This is nothing new. But the difference is that in, in other situations, you will have reports like the KOC one, the Kevin O'Connor one, where he says the Bucs are expected to pursue Bogdanovich. We've known that for weeks. Zach Lowe reported that at the start of November. The difference here was that Woj came out and said, this is the deal, it's done. And everyone all of a sudden uh, said that this was fact. And again, I I mentioned that yesterday, but this is where opposition teams, as you said, uh, Frank, want to get in on the Giannis sweepstakes. They want everything to burn to the ground in Milwaukee so they can get a chance at Giannis. So they're going to get involved here. And they would not have been able to do that if the, it was just reported as uh, this might happen. The Bucs might sign Bogdan Bogdanovich. So at the end of the day, this came out four uh, days too early. And no matter where the leak came from, this is just a disaster for the Bucs and the They couldn't afford to let this happen because now they are in a strange situation where I think everyone looked at the package in combination with Drew Holiday, the draft picks Bogdan Bogdanovich and said, well, okay, look, the Bogdanovich deal is an absolute steal. The Drew Holiday deal, you're probably giving up way too many picks, but if you get Holiday to extend, Giannis looks like he's going to sign the supermax. Happy days. Everyone's happy with that. The Bucks are a better team next year and a chance to win the title. Now, I have no idea what is going to happen. And you, I think as a Bucks fan, you've got every right to feel certainly angry, certainly a little bit scared, as well as to what's going to go down in the next few days. And I just can't, I just can't wrap my head around what the possibilities are. But the important thing to note here in regards to the Bucs right now in 2021 and Giannis in 2021, it doesn't look like they're going to get Bogdanovich. You said that there's some... Look, it, it can happen. There's some possible way that it can happen, but it would take some extreme uh, hurdles, getting over some extreme hurdles here to make this happen. And that just means that the Bucks are more than likely going to be worse next year. And that's the worst possible result. And I, I, we've had a number of people tweet at me and tweet at the show today Frank so I'm going to throw it to you to explain what this means I think it's kind of obvious uh, in, in a lot of ways but there's certainly some other things that can happen here but the waving of Ursan Ilyasova oh my goodness I remember a couple of days ago on the podcast Frank you said if the Bucks wave Ursan Ilyasova at this point after Robin Lopez declined his $5 million option you might be able to accuse the owners of, of looking pretty cheap here not a good look right now
0: no I mean the Ursan de- I mean, decision is really complicated because I think, I mean, for me, I, I would look at it and say, well, you know, you clearly were open to trading Dante DiVincenzo and, you know, those other, there's a couple other um, expiring pieces, Ursan and uh, DJ, um, and now you decided not to, or well, now you aren't because of, <laughs> because of this trade <laughs> falling apart, um, and so, yeah, you take Ursan out of there. Again, it's not impossible to figure out some way to do a Bogdanovich deal, but certainly the, the higher his number has to be if he has better offers, things like that, then it just becomes, um, you know, more complicated. Um, but, uh, you know, Ursan could still be moved in some other deal, right? You could still package him up with, you know, Dante DiVincenzo and I don't know, something else. I don't know, again, if if the Nets don't, don't deal Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, that salary would match for Spencer Dinwiddie, right? I'm just spitballing here. I have no idea mm-hmm. what, what Spencer Dinwiddie's, you know, market is or whatever. Um, but, uh, but you know, the the salary slots are really important. And this, this is kind of one of the things, you know, when you look at back at like the Malcolm Brogdon decision, right? Um, the Brogdon decision was in part really important, even if you didn't really want Brogdon around long-term, you know, being able to sign him kind of would have given the Bucks a really big salary slot for a player that would have been, you know, movable at that point, right? I mean, unless he, he suffered like another like major injury or something, um, you know, you could have dealt Brogdon and like a bigger trade, right? Like a, like a Chris Paul trade would have been way easier if you had Brogdon as a as a trade chip. A Bogdan Bogdanovich trade would have been way easier if uh, if if you had that as a trade ship, right? You could have pretty much done like a straight up like Brogdon for Bogdanovich type deal if if the Kings had wanted that. Um, because it's kind of this funny situation, right? Like when you think about the cap, you know when you look at the teams that are over the cap or sorry, you know, way over the cap near the tax, things like that, it's usually because you've drafted well and you've kept players and then they've gotten better. And then you've signed them much bigger contracts. Cause that's how you get over the cap, right? You need exceptions. Like you can't just, you know, create a bunch of cap space and then be in the luxury tax the next year. Right. Like you have to, you have to get guys at lower amounts and then re-sign them for higher amounts using like bird rights and things like that. So, um, it, it, once you're, once you're not in that position, it, it kind of becomes harder to kind of, you know, keep those slots open. Cause again, Brogdon was one of those guys, he was a cheap player, and then he was going to sign a big contract and the Bucks could assign him for, you know, whatever, because he was their own bird free agent last summer. So when you, you lose that, then you have just, you know, again, you have a lower salary base and you have kind of fewer chips to, to potentially move, especially obviously good players. Right. Um, so anyway, it's just a, it's just a really complicated chess game. And I think, You know the Bucks deciding not to um, keep Ursa. The obvious the the, the obvious trade off here is um, you take that seven million dollars off. the The reason I think the reason the Bucks do it is is two two things, right? One of them is I think fans would say, okay, that's a reasonable thing. Another fans are going to say, you know, f you, you're cheap, which is one you actually open up the possibility that you could actually stand with the luxury tax, right? Which again, ownership has said that they are willing to spend the tax, right? Like every ownership group, they always say they're willing to spend the tax. You know How many actually do? Well, far fewer, right? So one, you give yourself at least a chance to not pay the tax. And two, the other flip side of that is you increase the likelihood that you can use more of your mid-level exception without hitting the hard cap, right? So, so you know, if you use the, the taxpayer mid-level you're not going to be um, subject to the hard cap, especially now that you haven't done the sign and trade. So sign and trade or using the biannual exception or using the mid-level exception, all those things trigger the hard cap, which would be about 139 million this year. So if you, um, you know, if you're in a position where you are going to be hard capped, then obviously having a $7 million contract on your roster is problematic, right? Because it means, it's harder, you know, it's, it's harder to say under that, that hard cap number. So the odds of being able to use your full mid level, for instance, you know, that's higher if, if you get rid of our Right. So, so that's the upside. You know, if you hear the bucks as an organization say, well, why'd you do that? Well, it's because we wanted to sign somebody with the full MLE that would be the rationale, at least if, <laughs> that I would give, you know, I wouldn't be saying like, Oh, yeah. we didn't want to pay the tax. Right. Um, that said, it does, doesn't mean that the Bucks are, are definitely going to be able to avoid the tax. Um, but other things sort of like kind of come into play now um, that, that are going to be interesting. And um, one thing, and I think, I think CJ Robinson, our uh, friend of the pod, I think he, he tweeted at us, and, and he's right that, that the other day when I was talking about some of the numbers, I was including in Drew Holiday's numbers the uh, likely bonuses, but not as unlikely bonuses, mm-hmm. which actually matters when you're doing this hard cap discussion. Because again, the hard you cap can't can't be exceeded for any reason. Um, so Drew had these unlikely bonuses for reasons that are, I'm not going to get into, but basically teams can kind of use un- quote-unquote unlikely bonuses um, set at certain levels to kind of get lower cap numbers, but the player can still maybe make that money later. Anyway, whatever. But for a hard cap, you have to factor it in. It's actually not counted. If he doesn't reach the bonuses, it's not counted in the, the ta- to figure out if actually, you actually know, hit the tax. So the Bucks are in a position, I mean, I haven't found a, 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 a source that I can, a few years ago, his unlikely bonuses were $3.7 million. So I was just running some scenarios where, you know, you round up his $26.2 million to $30 million salary, which again is, is probably not what they're going to pay him, but it has to be used that way for this hard cap calculation. So you could get in this position where the Bucks bump up against the hard cap, even though their actual payroll is almost $4 million under the, the, the hard cap number. Um now in that scenario, they would still be over the tax, which is about 132.6 million. Um, but there, there are all these kind of like weird scenarios. Um and I think you know, I was just kind of doing the math. I mean, if the bucks use the full mid-level and like the, the biannual and then basically just fill out the roster with minimum contracts otherwise, um, they're gonna be like literally right at the hard cap using that $30 million number. So this really becomes the litmus test for why, you know, we're gonna find out in not that long. why the bucks really did this and whether they're really willing to pay the tax because you know, if, if they now spend, um, if they use the, the tax pyramid level, which again, won't, won't hard cap them, um, and gives them a little more flexibility in terms of, um, you know, that, uh, and they don't use the biennial exception, which also would hard cap them. Um, they would be able to duck the tax in some scenarios. Um, And, uh, and again, if that happens, uh, then you can say, yes, this is all just cost cutting and waving our son was just cost cutting. And, you know, you weren't willing to use your, your, your full mid level and all that. If they do use those, then obviously the calculus becomes, well, you lost the trade chip, but you went out and used the full mid level, which you wouldn't have been able to do. And, you know, Kevin Pelton wrote, he, he had sort of the, um, you know, if people want to feel a little bit better about being a Bucks fan, um, he actually kind of made the point that, you know, uh, the fact that you don't get Bogdanovich, you know, you, you obviously keep DiVincenzo, who's obviously a useful rotation piece. And then on top of that, um, you know, you can go out and spend, uh, it's, you know, a little over $9 million starting salary on a mid-level guy. And again, I don't think that, you know, I don't think you're going to get a guy who's as good as Bogdanovich, who fits like Bogdanovich would have. Um, but you at least have have the potential to do that, right? Um, You can also still sign Pat Connaughton using early bird rights for pretty much anything that Connaughton might reasonably get, you know, up to 10 million is the early bird right limit roughly. Um, Obviously he's not going to get that, but if you want to give Pat Connaughton $5 million, like, you know, again, you can do that provided that, you know, this this other hard cap stuff kind of doesn't, doesn't come into play. Um, So anyway, so it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a really complicated situation. I've probably talked way too much about those different things, but again, if you know, I, I tweeted about it, I think a week ago, right, that the Ursan decision was kind of the the sneaky pivot point of what the Buck strategy this summer would be as far as free agency versus trades. And um, you know, we still don't know exactly what that means, um, whether they're just trying to save money or whether um, they actually do want to sign someone for the full mid level, um, which you know again is is going to be really competitive for the full mid level because. You know, there aren't that many teams, especially not good teams, that have more than the mid-level to spend. And a lot of teams are obviously hoarding cash for next summer. Um, so you could potentially get a, a, a good player. And I don't offhand have, like, the list of free agents in front of me, but uh, I haven't been able to, like, move on to thinking of <laughs> mid-level targets because I feel like we're still talking about that really not being an option. But, um, but yeah, th- there's potentially some players you could get, but, but you know, we'd have to figure out. you have to figure out, obviously, who that would be. Um, and then, yeah, you may have the biannual exception. You could potentially use that on a guy like, you know, Wes Matthews, for instance, um, if you wanted to pay him more than, um, you know, the $3.1 million, which you could offer him as, as a non-bird free agent or, or just the regular minimum. So um, the Bucks have more flexibility in some regards uh, in terms of signing guys with exceptions, but they also now have less flexibility in terms of trades. And, um, yeah, I, w- I would say, I mean, I think probably the big thing is, you know, Dante Divincenzo's future in Milwaukee is probably way safer now than it was, obviously, a few days ago we thought he was being traded. But the odds of him being moved—he's just a harder piece to move right now. Um, and uh, and and we'll see. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's complicated. And probably the person I feel worse for and all worst for in all this, like Drew Holiday. Now, like everybody, every—it's <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It's like if you had told people a week ago that the Bucks would trade you know, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill and picks and get Drew Holiday, people would probably be, would have been like really excited about that. And now people are just like so mad. And it just seems like so many people in my timeline are like, you know, hate the trade, hate the holiday trade now. Cause you know, and and look, I, I like the idea of kind of pairing him with Bogdanovich, but you know, I mean, Drew, in a vacuum, I still feel better about, you know, Drew Holiday being my starting point guard than Eric Bledsoe, obviously. Um, And and again, not to, not to, you know, dismiss the huge price the Bucks paid in terms of those draft picks. Um, But as long as I kind of put my blinders on and focus on, you know, the next couple of years, which is what, you know, that's what it is, right? Like I was, you know, avoiding the luxury tax and trying to not trigger the repeater tax. I mean, guys, the window is now <laughs> like the window is now Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, drew holiday. These guys are not getting better. Giannis may hopefully will continue to get better, but if you're not willing to do everything, put all the chips in the table, which you the Bucks seem to be willing to do, you know, earlier this week, if now they're pivoting a little bit and trying to get cute and not pay the tax again. I mean, you know, it's just that that's just, it's, it's super frustrating to say at least, I think if you're a fan to, to get that message, but again, we'll see. The book is, is certainly not closed on that, but um, let's just say that Ilya Silva decision is a really interesting one. And at a minimum, it suggests that certainly the the they're probably not looking at the trade market as a way to kind of make more deals.
1: Well, we spoke about Ersan's salary extensively over the last month or so saying that it was really difficult to figure out what you're going to do, particularly in the Bucks' financial situation, because if you guarantee that deal, then you probably want to have a a trade lined up. And that's why this Bogdanovich situation was so convenient, because you could use the salary as a really important uh, salary filler there, a nice number at $7 million, particularly after the fact that Robin Lopez declined his option, which caught us a little bit off guard as well. Yet maybe he didn't want to end up in Sacramento. Maybe that's part of all this as well. So uh, again, if you if you don't have a deal lined up for ersan it is maybe it's an expiring contract i mean i'm sure you could move it but again you might have to play the game in your head and say okay well we were going to trade ersan for bogdan bogdanovic if we uh, are we going to get a return in a trade for ersan and potentially Dante divincenzo that's going to be better than a player we're targeting with the mid level anyway maybe not so so those obviously are the things that we're looking at here and who the bucks can get and as far as free agents go with the mid level uh, all the guys we've spoke about. Obviously, Gallinari is there, but there's going to be a huge market for him. And there's talk about a sign and trade there as well, potentially. So Gallinari might be off the market. And then it, it becomes, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of okay players, but I think in terms of fit on the Bucks roster, uh, positional need, it, it is a little bit difficult to find a player that's going to bring the quality that Big Dinovich would have. And that's why it, it is a little bit disappointing here. The, there's no doubt about that. But I, I think more than anything, it's difficult to be still as enthused as we were about Drew Holiday because there's this building anxiety about what this means for Giannis because I, I think if you were hoping to ex- extend him this off season, which everyone was, uh, you did not want to paint the picture of an orga- organization that has uh, just completely botched a, a trade in the absolute worst way. And again, more details are going to come out about this, but the timing of this happening literally three days before Giannis is eligible to extend his deal. It it couldn't actually be any worse. I mean, there's just no possible way it could be worse. So uh, if we look at the team right now, and and if you're Giannis, you could still sit back and say, yeah, this is a better team than last year. And Drew Holiday is a big upgrade. And I I don't want to completely overlook that, but it's just a little bit hard to take your eyes away from the car crash that's right in front of you, which is this trade that has come out and, and been reported here. So, uh, it is important. A lot of people have asked, Frank, and so you went through a bunch of cap stuff there. But a lot of I've seen a lot of people ask on Twitter. Well, why don't we, why don't we just uh, offer him more? We've lost Ersan's money. It's more cap space. That's not the way it works. The Bucks are already over the cap, so uh, you can't just simply say, "Well, that's seven million dollars in cap space." It doesn't work that way, uh, unfortunately, with the way the Bucks are situated in regards to the salary cap. So, uh, kind of crazy to even think about right here. But we're not going to have to wait very long. And potentially, as some of you guys are listening to this podcast, free agency is going to be open. So 6 p.m. Eastern time on Friday is when free agency begins. I'm very, very, very curious to see what kind of deals, if any, come out and what kind of news we hear about Bogdanovich uh, tomorrow or today, again, depending on when you're listening to this, to see who is the suitors. you mentioned, the Hawks, they've been uh, a team that potentially could go there. The Knicks are another team that has cap space. Maybe the Knicks are interested in Bogdanovich. So we will wait and see with, with how this plays out. And it is important to know contracts can be signed by the 22nd. So another two days, unless I've got this wrong, Frank, you can correct me, when Giannis will be eligible, the 22nd, not the
0: 20th. Oh, I don't even know. I, I, I it's, it's soon. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, it's just kind of weird though, right? Because it's, I, I, feel like people have been hoping that, you know, I understand, it, but I think people in the last twenty four hours probably were sitting around hoping that, you know, somehow the the Bogdanovich situation would resolve and the deal would be back on. But it's like, you know, even if they wanted to put this deal back on, <laughs> they'd have to fake the smoke screen at a minimum. And now, I've, certainly, I think it. It does not look like it is. It is a smokescreen anymore now that the the Eliasova um, waiver uh, has been reported. So, um, so yeah. Um, and they even put out the thank you, the thank you tweet from the box, oh which would seem to suggest that there's no uh, illusion of bringing back her son on a minimum contract or something like that, right? Yeah, we're just they like, a, for, it
1: like, a the best, like three I don't, I Thank you very much. I'm like, look, he's gonna be yeah. back in a year. Just relax, guys. <laughs>
0: yeah i don't i don't really trust bud to not play or i mean he didn't towards the end of the season obviously so shout out to bud for for benching him when they got marvin but um yeah man marvin like come on back marvin water's warm there's there's playing time to be had come on um Uh,
1: that's making me sad we'll see
0: yeah yeah well he should probably he should probably just wait until like you know march or something and then say all right i've had a i've had a nice long off season I'll, i'll come back and play um what, what, what else, what else is, is there out there? I don't know. We could probably talk for two hours about this. It's just a bizarre, bizarre story, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. I, I mean, it's really interesting, right? Cause I mean, the bucks seemingly, I mean, again, like what, what else did the bucks have sort of in their quiver for kind of fallbacks is, is obviously not a question. And, um, you know, what are they going to do with the mid-level, um, you know, do they use part of it on Wes Matthews and some, somebody else or something like that? Like, I don't know. I mean, that, I wouldn't find that super exciting. <laughs> I, I would much like to get Wes Matthews for less and not have to use part of the mid-level. Because um, then at that point, obviously, you're not going to get one of the kind of more prime free agent targets. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. And I mean, here, here's some, some upside, I guess, with Drew Holiday. You know again I thought Bogdanovich was a really nice fit with him um, but Drew's I mean Drew's a very malleable kind of piece right again just because of the defense the fact that he can play you know off ball or on ball um, i'm I'm very curious what the bucks are gonna do sort of at the guard spot and it's gonna be interesting to see you know do they get uh, do they go for a guy who's you know more of a combo guard shooter type player you know, do they look to get more of a pure point and and thus allowing them to play holiday off? off ball more, you know, which is kind of more of how he was used the last couple of years, even though he still put up in your huge assist numbers, he wasn't, you know, as much of the primary ball handler. So, um, so yeah, uh, you know, the the off seasons are all about being nimble and agile and adapting and taking chances when you see him. And obviously, um, you know, John Horst and company are, uh, all eyes are on them to see what they're going to do next. By the way, Speaking of which, you you mentioned kind of the craziest, I I would say this is the craziest week we've had since we started podcasting together. I would say the craziest, most mind-melting weeks of of my time on this podcast period would have been, I guess, what, 2017 um, during the GM hiring saga. Um, I mean, Eric and I just like, would just get on I, I i can just remember like traveling for work and having these just like confused conversations about what the hell is going on with the bucks and what are they doing um with that that gm search <laughs> um that was just very very bizarre um so that's that'll still be done as the, the most bizarre thing which by the way i'm sure wes eden still thinks that you know he totally nailed that that process but uh <laughs> yeah not so much um but yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean I'm I'm rooting for John Horst as a Bucks fan, obviously. But um, this week has been uh, one of the stranger ones you can you can imagine happening, and um, yeah, I hope the Bucks are up to uh, up to rebound from from these this past bizarre twenty four or forty eight hours.
1: I just would really love to know what has been going on behind the scenes in regards to uh, John Horst and how he's been feeling this week, because uh, we had the media availability and the press conference on the morning of the Drew Holiday trade and Bogdan Bogdanovich, I can't even think about what day that was right now but we had that media availability and, and I commented to a couple of people after I'm like my goodness John Horse looks like he's in a good mood he was smiling and laughing and just very very happy guy uh, and of course hours later all this came out and I said well that makes sense I'd be pretty damn happy too if you've got those two guys and there's some sort of a Giannis agreement in there as well I, I wonder what the last couple of days like have been for him and as you pointed to I wonder what the plan b is and uh, I imagine it's been a pretty stressful day for those guys, but the, the pressure is on. Like you said, the time is now there is no time to mess around. I, I think we should acknowledge that again, Drew Holiday is a fantastic addition to this team Drew, uh, Chris Milton, Giannis and Brooke Lopez uh, are a fantastic four, but now you need to, Uh, try and and figure out what's going on with the rest of the roster. And I'm not going to go out here and and make any predictions because that would just be ridiculous at this point. Uh, I'm not going to go down that path because anything could happen. It's just unfortunate. If none of this came out and Bogdanovich was just this oh, man, it would be nice to have Bogdanovich. The Bucks will link to him in a sign of trade. Oh, that sounds lovely. Uh, you would be disappointed, but you'd say, well, it was likely never going to happen. What are you going to give up? To DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson and Ersan, that's not going to get you Bogdanovich. The fact that it was reported now and you had a 24-hour period of of actually believing that he was going to be a Buck makes this all the more uh, disappointing and, and probably hard to take. But I, I, again, as you pointed to, it's still, if they... Uh, if they get this uh, trade official with Drew Holiday. I think you still have to look at the team and, and at least feel very positive about that acquisition. Uh, but we're going to see what happens. Well, uh, we're,
0: we're Bucks fans. I mean, you're talking to Bucks fans, so do not do not assume that anybody's. <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
1: but and I get it. I, I mean, I uh, trust me. I've been cracking a few jokes on the timeline today, and I, I know that that's probably annoyed a few people. But I got to tell you, I mean, if I can't joke right now about this, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's it's honestly if you don't laugh you'll cry. I, I don't know what else to do. It has been a, just a, a mind blowing a couple of a couple of days here, and I, I don't know what else to do. So if I'm going to tweet out the DiVincenzo meme, uh, I'm going to do that.
0: <laughs> it's a good meme. It's a good meme. Um, yeah, and I mean you feel for. Um you feel for Dante and DJ, right? Absolutely. I mean, they got the roller coaster. Actually, I don't feel for them too badly because they thought they were going to Sacramento and now they. Well, DJ just thought stay. he was going harm. His family has got it drive Oh yeah, that's up. true. Yeah, he's that's Sacramento. But um, but the uh, flip side is, I mean, the, I mean, DJ's not going to play in Sacramento with some of the. I mean, well, I guess Marvin Bagley's always hurt, but um, but he actually probably has a. I mean, look at the Bucks roster. <laughs> right now. Like we'll see. We'll see uh if, if he if he does end up sticking around on this on this roster. Um it will be interesting to see, you know, the the lengths to which um Bud uh avoids uh, playing him this year because uh he, again Ursan's gone, Marvin's gone. Um obviously you've got the M V P at your position, but um who knows. Let's let's not talk about hope for DJ Wilson um because yeah. You know, we know what happens when that is. When when we're the harshest on DJ Wilson, that's when he actually um, surprises you and, and actually you know did did something. So uh, so we'll see. By the way, um, I know Jordan Tresky, our our friend from behind the Buck Pass, has been eagerly trying to uh, awaiting this here, if Sterling Brown's qualifying offer was extended to make him a restricted free agent. I don't. Um, I don't. I still don't know that we've seen that as of 11 p.m. Central Time on Thursday. Um, which is an interesting, I think it's, I think it's, I think is it Friday is the deadline maybe, um, or maybe it was today. Um, but, uh, it's an interesting situation cause I mean, I think his qualifying offers a little over 2 million, yeah. um, meaning that, you know, he could just basically take that and have a one-year deal with the Bucks. Um, you know, his, the minimum would be, uh, you know, again, from the Bucks cap perspective, would be at 1.6. Um, I think you get a little bit more than that. Um you know, a little bit more than that if he, if he signed as a minimum guy. But, uh, so again, like it's really not <laughs> like, if you don't give him the qualifying offer, it's a very clear statement of like, yeah, we'd rather save, you know, $400,000, uh, of, of potential, like, you know, hard cap type, type room, um, which isn't crazy, but you know, let's just say, it would say that the, the Bucks are not very big fans of Sterling Brown's future, but I, you know, especially right now, I mean, Sterling, Pat, So Lester's not west because he'll actually probably get you know some offers. But Pat and Sterling, I mean, I I would be very, I would be very surprised if Pat (laughs) Connaughton doesn't come back at this point. I'm sure Pat really wants to come back. He's doing a lot of stuff in Milwaukee. You know, he's really involved in the community, and obviously, he's played a lot here. Um, So I don't know if if people were were not uh, fans of of Pat Connaughton, um, you know, well, this is a warning, I guess, for you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, he may be back as well. So, so we'll see, but a lot of roster spots to fill.
1: Whatever happens, um, I, I'm going down with this ship. If it's going down, uh, I'm going down with it. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to see what plays out here. I'm going to hope for the best. Uh, like you said, if you, if you have an interest in the Bucks, it's not always good to have hope, but, uh, that's, you've got to. Got to still stay optimistic. I have no idea. It's, it's going to be some really strange faces on the Bucks this season, Frank. But uh, like you said, I think we could probably just keep going and going and going for a couple of hours here. But uh, I don't know what's going to happen on the weekend. Uh, typically, we don't podcast on the weekend. But if there's any uh, major free agent news on the weekend, I'll certainly jump on and run a podcast uh, to talk through that. Frank, uh, always a pleasure. And uh, like I said, oddly enough, we're kind of in the same position we were a couple of days ago, drew holiday to the box. How good is that?
0: Yeah, we, we, we recorded that emergency podcast at just the right time, I guess. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, strange days, strange, strange days.
1: All right, free agency, as I said, 6 p.m. Eastern Time Friday, that begins. Uh, there'll be a lot of deals that are magically uh, organized within the first 60 seconds of free agency. These teams will talk for the first time and, and get these deals done, which is, which is quite incredible. It happens every year in free agency. It's the magic of the NBA. But we'll be back to update whatever the Bucs do in that period for Frank and myself. Uh, please, please try stay positive out there. Bucks fans, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.